it's it's kind of like you know how we all liked hamilton and then now it's like embarrassing that we all liked hamilton you know what i mean yeah that's kind of the job it was Gad. like all of us it was like a good percentage of us yeah <laughs> like I liked it. I mean, I'm, this is the only time I'm ever going to say it. I liked it. Are but. you taking Josh Gad back? Are you saying? Yeah, I'm re- <laughs> We're reclaiming him. This is my exclusively gay moment, is taking Josh Gad back. You're a gadfly? Is that what the <laughs> like is? Gadflag fly. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Josh Gad is two letters away from Glad. That's pretty cool. That's pretty interesting. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know. Speaking of exclusively gay moments, uh, we're doing an episode here about uh, distant plastic trees by the magnetic fields today on I've Been Meaning to Listen to That. Click. Remember that record that you bought me like two years ago? Well, I just remember that it's sitting in the closet. So I called you up. Why don't you come over and talk about it? Why don't you come over and talk about it? Oh boy. Welcome to I've been meaning to listen to that, the podcast where we go through albums we've been meaning to listen to and use it as a conduit to learn about each other and our guests. I'm Andrew Ambrose Lee. I'm Sean Wilkinson. And I'm Michael Limitado. And oh boy, we got a we got a we got a great guest here today. This is the end of our Pride Month run of episodes here. Uh, let's just get straight into it. Uh, she's the co-host of You Should See the Other Guy, the author of such books like Love and Estrogen, Real Queer America, M to WTF. That's technically an audiobook. Uh, the former writer, a former writer on the Daily Beast. And speaking of Daily Beasts. Uh, oh, in no. terms of books you'll want to read every day, Patricia, she has a new book coming out oh, called yes. Patricia Wants to Cuddle. Uh, it's Samantha Allen, everybody. Yay. Hello. I'm so happy to be on a podcast that also has a sentence as its title. <laughs> <laughs> you're like collecting them all. Like, um, like you, cause like yours, like yours is, uh, you should see the other guy. I was on an episode. It was like, such a fun time like uh you guys welcome welcome me and made me feel included and stuff like that it was really kind um and your like acronym is like because our acronym is ibm tltt and yours is something like yeast jog or something it's like that y-s-s-t-o-g so we joke that it's yeast hog which sounds <laughs> disgusting and one of our hosts jen really hates it and we torture it with her uh torture her with it rather and a listener um registered yeasthog.com is a domain that i think directs to our podcast (laughs) that's great and like that's like apparently like the the name of the fandom basically yeast dogs is like the (laughs) we're trying to coin it other some jen wants it to be other guys the listeners are the other guys but no yeast dogs dogs. the the a to b (laughs) you're dead Gadflag fly. Um, but welcome to the show. Uh, we're here to talk about distant plastic trees by the magnetic fields. And um, now when we asked Samantha, hey, we would love to have you on our show. What kind, what album you would, would you like to do? What artist would you like to do? You pretty, I think even on the episode we reported, you pretty immediately said, 
let's do magnetic fields. Let's do them. They, that'd be great. You know, and stuff like that. And then I think at one point I said like, okay, like let's send some up, like, what are some other options? And you were like, you just like sent other like magnetic field album <laughs> options and stuff like that. So it's like, I inferred using my journalistic tendencies. <laughs> that you wanted to talk about the magnetic field. So like, what is your experience with this band? Yeah, this is maybe like the most formative music of my life, probably. Um, I, I think like one of my brother's friends when I was like 13 or something had it on a mix CD. And it was the song The Luckiest Guy on the Lower East Side off of 69 Love Songs, which is kind of their seminal work. Um, and I just loved it. It was so unusual and so unlike anything I had ever heard. And the songwriting was like fantastic. I mean, Stephen Merritt is just like a brilliant lyricist. He's kind of like a modern Cole Porter. And so mm. it was like so cool to hear something that had kind of like indie pop sensibilities, but also this kind of like Broadway flourish and mm -hmm. like um, really inventive, wry, sardonic lyrics to it. Um, and I just kind of fell in deep. It's most of what I listened to in high school was wow. Magnetic Fields albums. And then Stephen Merritt had all these side projects, the Sixth, the Gothic Archies, um, some solo work. And I think like there is some like personal attachment there because Stephen Merritt's an openly gay man and like the music that he writes or at least on 69 Love Songs, he would just kind of like it seemingly like spin a wheel to decide the genders of the characters in the love songs. So sometimes it's a man singing to a man. Sometimes it's a woman singing to a woman, like all over the place, like, um, in, in Papa was a rodeo, like the gender of the characters surprises you because someone's being addressed as Mike and then a female singer comes on and responds as Mike. Mm. And so it's like, I, I think like I was really drawn to the just like inherent queerness of magnetic fields universe or the little universes of each song and I was growing up in like a conservative Mormon household and singing along to this stuff in the car all the time and I think my my dad pretty uh pretty was able to <laughs> uh, zero in on the fact that Stephen Merritt was gay and at one point I think asked me like are are you worried that this will have an influence on you or something like that and I'm, I was like no not at all but sorry dad Stephen Merritt made me trans you know oh, no. <laughs> wow. like, uh, but no I just like yeah uh, and to me, like as a writer, the music that I'm drawn to is music that feels really writerly. Like I like mm -hmm. to feel like, oh, I can feel the person behind this song writing it. Stuff that's written by like committee is like fun to work out to or like, I don't know, listen to in the background or something. But if I'm going to really engage with something, I want it to have like been, I don't know, born from someone's head in a really clear active vision making well this like this record specifically feels just so unusual to the sense that it's like there's no like it doesn't it maybe this sounds like obvious but like yeah it doesn't feel super mainstream so it does feel like it's just straight up like flow of consciousness kind of stuff like 
it's it's really it's really unique um very, but like, i was gonna ask poetry too yeah yeah it's very like these lyrics are very poetic um so did steven write the lyrics for this and then they had the other lead singer or susan anway yeah thing okay. for this record and then she quit she like left the band like pretty early on and then i believe steven merritt sings his songs from now on like basically mostly yeah, yeah he has a bunch of guest vocalists but like this is part of why i picked it and why it's a really unique album like i'm not sure any of you have ever been meaning to listen to distant plastic <laughs> trees and there were definitely more like approachable like magnetic fields albums i could have picked but this was their their first um their first record and at the time, like Stephen Merritt's voice is totally untrained. Like he has mm -hmm. a great, like beautiful baritone that like you grow to love the longer you listen to him. But at this time, my understanding is he was pretty self-conscious about singing his own music. Um, and so this very mysterious vocalist named Susan Anway, who sadly passed away a few years ago, did the vocals for him essentially so the music the arrangements the lyrics are all him and the instruction that he gave susan anway on this album and uh wayward bus was i want you to sing as emotionlessly as possible and it kind of makes her sound like a female version of him <laughs> in terms of like there are parts of these album of distant plastic trees where she almost sounds like the like Apple II voice or something <laughs> like pairing. Like. Yeah. <laughs> she sounds like Siri, like singing a song. Um, so yeah, like you can, the more you get familiar with the band and his voice, the more you can hear it almost like Susan Anway is kind of like speaking for him, like mm -hmm. as much as possible. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Of that of like, you know, um, because like Pete Wentz kind of does that now of like he's the he's the bassist, but he like has this other guy singing songs and stuff like that. And like there's something to be said about like, oh, like I know my limitations, but then it's like, um, so I'm gonna hand these the responsibility off to this other person. Um, what about like so Sean and Michael? Like it's I presume you had no intention of knowing you didn't know who these who this person was, you didn't know anything about them, but what, what, what was the experience? I mean, I knew the band, like I had heard of the band before and especially like looking up the albums, like I recognize 69 Love Songs, the like album cover. Um, never listened to it, unfortunately, but I probably will after this. Um, unfortunate, yeah. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, other than that- Messed like, up, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Whoa. I would probably like, yeah, I knew the band, but other than that, I didn't know like, I don't know how influential they are. Um, yeah, I'm, I was pretty clueless on this band, I would say. And I think Michael, same. I I yeah. never heard of them. Never thought to have heard of them. Never had smelled <laughs> them. Never heard of them before this. Never, never heard <laughs> that. Never tasted that. Never smelled that. Etc. Wow, Andrew, how about you? <laughs> that's so funny. To, like never thought to heard of them. Like, that's so funny. Like wait a second. Um. <laughs> uh. Yeah. So like. Uh. Yeah, I, I didn't know anything about them. I thought I thought that it was like kind of basically like when I heard like magnet like when I heard like the uh 
the magnetic fields, I was like, oh boy, it's one of those indie bands that Sean likes probably. <laughs> I, did, I did think it was, because you know Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Yes, that was the uh, other yeah, thing I thought I was it was good. them at first. That, that, that's like the other, like, because that song's good, like Home, like that's a good song. Mm. Um, it's the opening theme to Marry Me on NBC that ran one season. <laughs> like, oh, so. not the Jennifer Lopez smash hit. No, <laughs> not like... Uh, it was like, uh, what's it called? Like Ken Marino and Casey Wilson were on that show. Um, but oh, yeah, like, right. yeah, yeah. Um, marry the happy me, ending. Marry me, say yes, marry me, marry church, me, church, yes. church, 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 <laughs> church. was really feeling like this. Did she, did she write that? The music? I mean, it, it reminds me of a very old parody I saw on YouTube. You know, when like parodies were like the thing on YouTube and it was to on the floor and it was like, la, 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 don't be like writing lyrics anymore and that's really stuck with me i'm like that is the jennifer lopez music way yeah so like didn't know anything about them i but i presume they it had some like uh connection to queerness had some connection to um all that stuff so that that's really all i knew. yeah well i'll assure you that Stephen merritt is semi-influential i i think regarded as like a really important singer-songwriter for sure <laughs> even if like the magnetic fields wouldn't like instantly be recognizable like um i mean he's prolific and sure. like i think around the time of 69 love songs especially like got a bunch of profiles about his status in singer songwriter dumb he's kind of a curmudgeon though so he doesn't like hoard a lot of publicity and he doesn't like giving interviews super much and something else i mean you know that i think helps tie into the record is he kind of like has an aversion to talking about autobiographical elements of the music and kind of insists that it's not autobiographical. He's just mm -hmm. kind of like, no, I'm just like with 69 love songs, especially like the song from that you may have heard before is called the book of love. Like mm -hmm. it's been used as a wedding song before. I think it got covered and like put in a Richard Gere movie or something like that. Um, and Stephen Merritt, like, I think famously like hated it being used as a wedding song in like a very like straightforward, earnest way, because to him, he was like, oh, I'm writing like the platonic ideal of a love song. I'm not like like it's a comment on the form. I'm not like, mm. you know. Yeah. And so but the thing is, is like it's almost impossible not to, especially growing up as a teenager. But even now for me as an adult to like not find the pathos in the music. Mm -hmm. And so it's like this game you play with his public statements about it where he's like, no, I I've never felt anything about anything I've written. <laughs> and it's like. Uh, that song about like playing the mandolin all night long and wanting to die kind of like <laughs> feels like it's it not something you would just yeah. do as like a fun exercise. <laughs> hmm. Hypothetically. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't me. Just like, like that guy. Um, yeah. Like I, so let's get into um, any other, like, I guess like, uh, preconceived notions any other and for samantha any other like things you want to note about what uh the magnetic fields means to you specifically yeah i mean i i think i think to me like growing up it was my 
indication of like music is a storytelling vehicle music is like a place for language to play and like I, I think I've always been drawn to as much as I do like the projecting some kind of earnest feeling and emotion into a lot of the tracks I think in media especially I am drawn to like postmodern kind of comments on the form to me it was like oh music can be about music like songs can be mm. about songs um and much of his his output is like music about making music and that kind of thing that's kind of like on i mean i've talked about we've never covered them yet on this podcast but i don't know if you listen to big thief at all mm. uh, but they're so they're Ooh. like the, <laughs> never <laughs> but uh so they're they're my favorite band and they're like indie rock i guess but the lead singer adrian linker has kind of said a similar thing where her lyrics are like often like ambigu ambigu ambiguous ambiguous yeah, yeah. For. thank you um but she said you know yeah sometimes you write you know a song about a certain thing but sometimes it's just about like expressing a feeling mm -hmm. um and the words don't have to like the song doesn't really have to mean anything. It's just about like the feeling that it invokes. And that's kind of the impression I got with some of these songs on this record too. It's that like, I can't figure out what the song's about really, but it <laughs> yeah. invokes such a feeling, like a, a certain emotion or feeling that's, I think it does the job of the song. Like, I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say, but. Mm. Yeah, it, uh, they're definitely on this album, especially a lot of it kind of feels like free verse poetry. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I think Stephen Merritt often writes like sitting in a gay bar with like a notepad. <laughs> so he's not like doing the arrangement and then coming up with lyrics. Like oftentimes it sounds like he'll like bop out a melody in his head and kind of like jot down, jot down some words. Mm -hmm. And I think my favorite song on the record, I don't think ever repeats a sequence or something. I think it's like, mm -hmm. A, B, C, D, E. It's just like mm -hmm, a mm -hmm. unique part each time. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think the structure gets a little more conventional the longer you go on, kind of verse, bridge, chorus. Um, although I think he, he did a, a album called 50 Song Memoir that I think like plays, feels a bit more like Distant Plastic Trees and the structure of it and the lyrics. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of, it feels very like, loose and just mm -hmm. expression yeah expressionistic sorry oh i appreciate music that does something different with the form Absolutely. Uh, i think the music theory of verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus is a little like i don't know i grew up singing enough worship songs i don't need to like <laughs> yes. do more of that you know but yeah. it's also you know like people it, the reason people do it again and again is because it works you know because it like it like a Dua Lipa yeah. song, it works like basically. But that's, I, I totally get like it definitely has its place, like, but that's where I mean, things like this, it's like they're not, I guess, trying to appeal to everybody. It's more yeah. just like, yeah, I'm trying to get that feeling out, like, no matter how I can, you know. So, so let's transition into um, themes of this record. Like, what do you folks think this album actually is about? about? thematically lyrically all that stuff because it's like willful it's kind of obtuse like it's kind of like it's it defies straightforward interpretation it doesn't tell like a straightforward story there's not like a it's not like a kendrick lamar album where it's like a narrative or you go oh this means this, this is a reference to this like it's just kind of like 
freeform. It's what's a railroad boy? I don't know. It's up to you. <laughs> like it's really kind of like. But what do you what do you guys think of this? I mean, like, yeah, I would agree that I had a hard time with some of these songs trying to figure out like a through line. Um, it seems like a lot of the first, like the first half of the record, seems to kind of be about like a failing relationship, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, like smoke signals, you love to fail. Uh, living in an abandoned firehouse, they all seem to kind of have this thing of like not the narrator themselves, but the other person being kind of in a place where they have a lot of like self-doubt or kind of self-hate and it seems to kind of be tearing the relationship apart a little bit, I guess. Um, like in Smoke Signals, they say, you know, giving me your mirrors, uh, they make me, they made me deformed. So like taking that other person's hate and like, oh, it kind of, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, that was about really the only kind of theme I kind of picked up on. Um, I think there's little moments of hope throughout the record too. Um, really, there's some really beautiful lines. Um, and I don't know if that's from like a place of like still wanting to hold on to it, you know, um, and kind of being like afraid of change, I guess. Um, cause I think there's that, that element of like, yeah, we might be in a bad spot, but like, this is kind of what we know and moving away from that is a scary thing. Mm. And so it might be better if like, yeah, we can push through it. And like on You Have to Fail, they say, you know, we can learn to fly on these nasty little wings. And I kind of took that as like, you know, trying to make the best of a failing relationship. <laughs> little wings. <laughs> these nasty little wings. Uh, but yeah, you can kind of be addicted to failing to some degree, you know? If that's what you know and what you're familiar with, it's like, it's hard to kind of get out of that cycle sometimes. So. Hmm. Well, yeah. Like what, you know, <laughs> No, I, I, I definitely vibe with all of that. I mean, to me, it's like a, a record about like alienation, mm-hmm. displacement, miscommunication, and definitely like that, that kind of like doomed love where you're drawn together because you're both on the margins, but mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean like your love works or is healthy or that kind of thing. I think the autobiography, the autobiographical stuff I read into this is like, you know, this is his first record and prior to like kind of settling down in New York and making music, he grew up in like, I think lived in like 30 different places, Mm -hmm. like in around the Northwest mostly. So like town to town, like very transient kind of existence. And you can imagine kind of like a weird little kid who just wanted to like listen to ABBA and like, you know, like old, like, you know, Cole Porter songs and that kind of stuff. So like, like, this is like coming from someone who feels like very on the outside of things, Mm -hmm. not, not just in terms of geography, but sexuality and, and um, that kind of thing and feeling kind of like untranslatable or like unable Mm. to be understood or perceived. And I feel like that definitely comes across to me, like what sounds almost like a, thesis statement for thematically for the whole record happens in a hundred thousand fireflies. There's this really gutting line near the end. That's like, you won't be happy with me, but give me one more chance. You won't be happy anyway. Mm. And it's like, Ooh, it is. (laughs) It's like, like darkly funny, but also just like a real punch to the gut of Mm. like, 
yeah just like we're broken people in like this broken world like yeah he's from so the outside always looking in wondering will he ever be more than he's always been because he's tap tap tapping on the glass waving through a window <laughs> uh, <laughs> i love that song by katie Perry. yeah <laughs> yeah he feels like a plastic bag on this, <laughs> this record for sure <laughs> i was gonna i was gonna say too it is like yeah, I think that's a, I mean, that's a great point. I think it's also really interesting to you that like, I don't know, the like one note I had through this whole thing was like, this record feels childish to some degree. Like mm-hmm. it has like a childish play to it, like with the piano riffs. And I think just like the monotone singing, it all feels very childish, not in a bad way, but I don't know how to like interpret that into what, or if that's even what, you know, he was going for. I think for, it's childish but... in a bad way. So you oh, okay. take that. Um, no, the, the arrangements on this are definitely super stripped down. And yeah. the deeper into his discography, you get like he's, you know, collecting instruments from all over mm-hmm. the world and has huge, you know, like, yeah, there will be kazoos and trumpets and all sorts of stuff coming in. But this, to me, part of what I love about coming back to it is it's just the sparseness really allows the like songwriting to just like shine. It's almost like mm-hmm. reading sheet music, like <laughs> listening to this album a little bit, but in a good way where it's like, oh, you can strip this down to like one piano riff and a melody sung like totally emotionlessly. And to me, at least it's still more captivating to listen to than like super produced like pop music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that kind of it, like it's skeletal feeling to it almost. Yeah, I, it's, again, it's like it, it is really impressive because, like, yeah, it's very stripped back, but at the same time, like, I feel like if the lyrics were gone too, I could still listen to it and I could hear little things. Like the sound design in it is really unique. Sure, yeah, um, absolutely. So I feel like I could like I could listen to just an instrumental of it too at the same time. But it's basically what you are listening to when you're listening to this album, though. An instrumental. <laughs> Yes, it's <laughs> almost impossible to hear the vocals on this. Album. And like, there's like, you know, like at one point, there's like, you know, like someone like there's like a saw going at one point. There's like, you know, like like a steamy, like a steam flowing out of a pipe or whatever mm-hmm. as like the percussive instrument. Um, yeah, like my take is like it's not about a man who's depressed and is looking for a relationship to, you know get make him feel better it's not about that uh it's it's interesting that he does like kind of pushes away any this is autobiographical because this feels very like <laughs> personal and this feel like why would you write a song about this if you didn't feel this way on some level uh or like and and it feel authentic too um but the level of like it's it feels like a person who has accepted that he's gonna feel this way regardless of whatever type of relationship he's in basically and the way the way um where it's basically like he observes the subjects of the album whether it be allegorical or autobiographic as an unfeeling like ghost like brought to life by susan anway's like vocals basically you know Hmm. it's like he he's like it's it's not like i so when you say it's like a hopeful album i don't like at least in this part of this his life i don't think he's very hopeful i think he's like very much in the weeds of it all. Basically. I just like I guess the like I wrote down one spot in Baby's Falling when when he writes uh 
when you begin to yield, then whatever you have taken as your pillow, may it serve as mine as well. Underneath the weeping willow, I will wait for you forever. That's sad. That's like, is it? Oh, okay. Like, I think yeah. that's very. I think also, that's... that one is a, the only cover on the album too. Mm-hmm. So that was written by uh, some oh. other people I don't know. It's also oh, wow. my least favorite. <laughs> some <track>. bullshitters. <laughs> just like some hacks. <laughs> well, I will see myself out. <laughs> yeah. There's a big cane, like pulling shot out of the, the, the zoom screen. I... <laughs> but it definitely feels like. I don't know. It feels raw in a way. Like, I I think something that feels closer to the tone of like what he goes on to produce, at least more recently, especially is a song like Josephine, where it's like, if I were Napoleon, you could be my Josephine. But then the joke of the song is that none of the rest of the song is like, thematically linked right. to Napoleon and Josephine. It's like, we could go to drive-ins in my convertible. <laughs> you didn't do you'd, that? <laughs> you'd write science fiction. And it's like, oh, like, you're just like making a one fun metaphor and then everything else is totally unrelated. And mm-hmm. so the song itself reads as kind of like, like an overt joke in a way where there are other lyrics and turns of phrase in this album that are funny, but like, there's a lot of it that just feels like, oh, I am like, this is born out of living in some no-name town, like mm-hmm. by an abandoned railroad stop and like just mm. feeling totally alone. And when, yeah. when you're, oh, sorry, when you were talking earlier about um, the album feeling like, um, you know, like a relationship that you're in, but doesn't seem to be working. It kind of reminded me of like, you know, you're queer and you're in a town with like maybe one other queer person. It's like, guess we should date now. Right. Like, guess it's the two of us. We have but, nothing in common, but we're right, the only except two that here. We're both okay. gay. Yeah. 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 And from that end, it feels like it's almost reaching toward trying to understand what like love or authentic connection even is. I forget which track it's on. It may be Railroad Boy. It's another one of my favorite lines where it's like, we went and saw this, we went and saw this, but love is more than just seeing things. Mm -hmm. And then it's Mm -hmm. like, and that's too bad is like the like little barb at the end of like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if love were just like going and looking at things. That's simple. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. he's very unsatisfied he's like it's like <laughs> like and it's also like I, I, like it's only like this is all speculation and stuff like that because there's not a lot of back like overts like this is what the album's about he didn't do like a genius series where it's like like the, like the yellow screen behind him or whatever um but like i it's also like probably born out of the the fear of like being a new artist like starting out his music career and like not knowing if this will work basically too i think there's yeah. an element of that as well because um, so- this was what started at hundred thousand fireflies like got a bunch of college radio play and kind of put put the magnetic fields on the map but so it was it definitely feels like a shot in the dark kind of record of like well let's see if this is something yeah it's super influential too because like owl city listened to the song and it was like we gotta up the ante to 10 million fireflies (laughs) (laughs) what's 100,000 times better than that (laughs) so Uh. we gotta 
Like we gotta like pay homage yeah. to our influence. <laughs> Al City ruined the search engine optimization for hundred <laughs> thousand fireflies for Fuck. sure. Fucked up. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, you don't believe your eyes? Watch this. <laughs> This is like such a delicate song about like <laughs> how like music like is not a sufficient coping mechanism for like wanting to die and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Um, well, speaking of wanting to die, let's uh, listen to a commercial. Click. Um, welcome back. <laughs> Something is happening. Samantha, you've met Andrew before this, right? Yeah. This for, why are you acting like this, Andrew? <laughs> what are you talking about? This is how I normally act. No. I'm pretty cool. <laughs> Not correct. I'm pretty cool and chill. Um, welcome to the show. Welcome back to Ivan Ming. Welcome back to Ivan Ming to listen to that, the podcast where we go through <laughs> albums. Ivan Ming to listen to use that as content to learn about each other, I guess. Uh, let's go I'm to Sean Wilkins. So, yeah, so. <laughs> I'm um, Andrew's antagonist. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go through. Um, what, what would you like to go through first, Samantha? Like highlights or lowlights? Oh, let's get the lowlights out of the way. Fantastic. For me, I don't like the cover very much. Baby's falling. I don't remember what it was. Oh, like. That one's terrible. Yeah, you can barely hear, like even more so than usual, the vocals in that. I feel like. Um, yeah, it's just not super compelling to me. Kings, I feel like, is a little unmemorable. Mm, yes, yes. For me, um, the whole middle part really sags for me. Yeah, um, I feel like it starts really strong with Railroad Boy and Smoke Signals, which I actually really like. Uh, you love to fail. I like the lyricism of, but not the sound. And then Kings and Babies Falling are just terrible. <laughs> so <laughs> just I, terrible. <laughs> I liked the like little like underwatery kind of sound of babies falling. Bloop, I thought it was really interesting. Kings, I Kings, I definitely like. It felt a little too dissonant for me. Like there was too much. Like it just sounded so like off key and a little too like samey the whole way through. Uh, it, right. Yeah, I just couldn't. It doesn't really seem to go anywhere. Um, well, it's like, I get it. You own a lot of instruments. That's like the rentals. Like you have to, like, you can borrow my instruments, but you have to play them all. Right. right. <laughs> you have to. And I agree with you, Michael, about you love to fail. It ha Lyrically, it's like one of my favorites. I just wish the arrangement were. I, I have my big low light of this album is like the mixing on it is horrendous like <laughs> i get that it's poetry and it's beautiful but i can't hear a fucking thing on this album like did you listen on headphones I hope. yes yeah, yes okay. with good headphones and i was still not like yeah it was like especially at kings and babies falling that was when i first was like i got like so upset by it because it's like i cannot hear you singing I am hearing like random noise, basically. <laughs> Those are the weirdest mix songs <laughs> on the like, record, for sure. It, yeah. it, it's like, but it's a pervasive issue to me. Yeah. And on later like compilations from like Merge or that kind of thing, like he's redone some of these songs and sung them himself. So mm -hmm. like there's a version of, I think there's a version of Plant White Roses that's like are updated with a different vocalist and yeah you can find like obscure little updates of some of these where you can like imagine what it would be like to hear it with a more audible mix <laughs> yeah. 
So, so this album Audible definitely... mix like what you made for your uh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> um, Audible little mix that uh, I don't know that's not like, okay. <laughs> day. but like day I'm not gonna finish that okay um this album suffers from first albumitis basically this is a clearly a first album <laughs> like this is clearly the first art like thing where it's like oh there's clearly potential the song you're you're like clearly a talented songwriter and you're a very sad person <laughs> like that that's clear <laughs> and then also like the singer is good and like the he clearly has a lot of ideas for instrumentation and like he, he even in his most like obtuse moments it's clear he knows like music theory and song theory all that stuff and like is playing with it and like making like a jambalaya whatever um mm. but like <laughs> i know right that sounds good i don't know how i say it like that but like i wish there was a little more stickiness with the choruses and hooks like when i'm not listening to it it kind of like falls out of my head it like <laughs> it evaporates out of my head basically yeah <laughs> so it's not like i wanted to be like moves like jagger where it's like even if you don't like that song like and many people don't like that song like you, at least you remember the hooks and stuff like that. it's not like mm -hmm. i want it to be like or like a pop smash or whatever it's more yeah, so that <laughs> like, um uh, i don't remember does it have like a famous disney channel kid on it or <laughs> like but like it's more so that i wish he used like i i think like he needed to like if I was like his manager, if I was like his friend and he let me listen to this album or whatever, I, my note would be like, work on your song craft a little bit, work on like um, having a little more like having like some more like pop sense like at least some yeah. pop sensibility where like you kind of remember, like you can't help but like hum the 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 music or like remember turn up volume on my <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think, Michael, it would be especially satisfying for you to listen to Wayward Bus right after this one, um, because I, and that's the only way to hear them now is like they've they're released on a compilation of Wayward okay. Bus and Distant Plastic Trees. And I think smartly they put Wayward Bus first because the song, the mixing is louder and there is more of that kind of poppy hook songs like uh, Candy or When You Were My Baby, like almost mm -hmm. sound like they could be like Renette's like songs. They're just like they oh. they pay real close attention to having like a chorus that really like mm -hmm. hooks and grabs you well, even um, even now i just clicked on candy i can hear these words i can, I, can <laughs> I don't have to google what the words are to these songs michael has this weird quirk where he likes to like comprehend the lyrics of i don't want to have to look up what the words are to every song i'm listening that to sense, that yeah. is an unpleasant music listening experience to <laughs> but me. it's also like so this isn't like this is clearly not like a pop record but it's not also like a vibe record either where you just like turn it on and go ah because it's like so like obtuse and like stuff like that so it's like kind of like poking you to make you feel uncomfortable a little bit yeah and like the sound design and stuff like that it's like kind of is uncomfortable and stuff like that so it's like i understand on that level too it's unpleasant sometimes <laughs> i think it demands engagement i don't think it's like quite like john cage like experimental where it just feels like you're at a museum or something was <laughs> like there's enough there for your ears to hang on to but it's definitely like more challenging like if i want to if i want to enjoy like magnetic fields music of this era i would definitely put on the wayward bus before distant 
plastic trees. Mm. So maybe I picked this to torture, but I think I also <laughs> mostly picked it for, can I try my hand at a highlight segue? Yeah, yeah. Is, there you go. Um, <laughs> 100,000 Fireflies, I yeah. think is just like, it is a masterpiece. Like, Incredible. you know, a lot of tracks on this album can be misses, but like 100,000 Fireflies has this like, ethereal timeless like quality to it that has kind of like really lasted and persisted of this album that's one that they play live a bunch still because it's like a fan favorite a bunch of people have covered it and I think the the having Susan Anway do the vocals on it is like I think is most effective here I think in Mm -hmm. other tracks it's clear like oh, this was written by someone like with a baritone voice who like wanted to kind of drolly like belt it out in his bedroom. And 100,000 Fireflies, I think would still work like that. But I think it's definitely the track where Susan Anway's like kind of roboticism really shines through. I think she was in like 80s punk bands in Boston or something like that before it panned. So like, for her to kind of strip down her voice to just this like very spare, like basic, like timber is really interesting on that record. And I think play bounces off the lyrics the best, the like <laughs> the part of like, I'm afraid of the dark without you close to me, which like, it, it just sounds so like, haunting and emotional like when it's delivered so emotionlessly there's like an eeriness to it when it's delivered this way too and just like to the the like the drum beat is so like i i think the instrumentation is like it's like mostly just that drum just and it's Mm -hmm. like um i yeah i and this is something that Stephen Merritt definitely plays with later. And a lot of kind of alternative bands will do this of like the arrangement will sound very like upbeat and propulsive. And then the lyrics are like the most yes. gutting thing you've ever heard yes. in your life. Yeah. I do love songs like that for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's, it like provides more dimensionality. Um, I love the line, just like, uh, why do we keep shrieking when we say, when we mean soft things, we should be mm. whispering all the time. And that being like a, um, the idea of just like the miscommunication, the misconnection of just like, we're both in pain. <laughs> we both are like suffering and like, we're activating our, each other's pain bodies basically. And like, I like, I like also like shrieking at each other. That's like, mm-hmm. such a, the word choice is really like smart and stuff like that. Um, well, also too, like with the happy sounding songs, like with the depressing lyrics, like I think he said in an interview, like, yeah, we wanted to, like, I wanted it to reflect like how the world is as far as like, yeah, everyone's going about their lives, like acting like they're happy all the time and all this shit, but really, but if you like, listen, so man. sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Deeper than that. Yeah, I, I also love the line of like, why do we still live here in this like repulsive town? Right. <laughs> All our friends are in New York. Yeah, uh, yeah, it definitely feels like two people like alone in some like studio apartment in the middle of nowhere, like hating each other. Right. And like, and like, oh man. There's not a foreseeable way out of it, basically. Yeah. Um, 
and then the part that like i was just like we'll wrap up this my thoughts on this song um but like i love the line about i can play instruments um but like basically i want to i want to like die or something like that. I, I don't remember the specific word verbiage of it but like the idea of like music's not going to save me actually like playing these songs that's not a sufficient like way to cope with my situation and stuff like that i find that very powerful because like i started this show like after a heartbreak and stuff like that and like i kind of realized oh i have to like actually like this is not enough like i have to actually like go to therapy i have to actually like mm. do the work alongside like um stuff even like though that. andrew yeah. Heartbreak feels good in a pod like this. <laughs> no, I definitely like relate to that feel. I my observation of him seeing him live recently is he does not seem like a happy man. Sorry, <laughs> Stephen Merritt, if you ever so. hear this. And I don't think making you know hundreds of well-regarded songs and you know getting great pitchfork reviews and that kind of thing has made him like a happy guy uh, and i think just, like i definitely uh, relate to that like relationship to creativity i wish i could be like i don't know um uh steven soderbergh and just be like well i'm just a like a happy happy person and i just make my one movie a year and i really <laughs> like doing that you know but to me like for me writing and making stuff is always about like running from like an inner darkness that will mm -hmm. consume me if i don't keep like moving forward and yes. so maybe that's part of why i like latch on to this is it feels like he's just always running from his own feelings for decades now yeah yeah Man, if, it seems if, like we listen to the same types of music yeah for sure. are you saying a gay curmudgeon is an unhappy man <laughs> like, he just yeah i mean no way he, <laughs> interesting very interesting <laughs> He, 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 what I love about going to his shows as a fellow curmudgeon is like everyone sits down. Um, <laughs> he has like, there's no standing up, there's very little audience interaction. And he doesn't go like, put, stand, stand the fuck up, put your fucking hands in the sky. <laughs> no, hype, no hype, man. And he has some like tinnitus or some kind of ear condition yeah, where right. like if a like too loud noise will like create a feedback loop or like mm -hmm. really hurt. So there's no percussion and he will like often like cover one of his ears during like applause. So it's just like, here's the song. Everyone like politely claps because that's what you do. But he covers his ear and then he's like, and here's a song I wrote about you know, that time I was in New York listening to ABBA and then boom, it's mm. the next song. Like, uh, and to me, like, I like that kind of concert experience where I'm just like, I'm just here to listen to you play the music I've heard on the record. Like, let's just <laughs> make this a very efficient transaction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I give you money. You give me play song. <laughs> <laughs> uh what are some other uh let's go around like what are some other highlights that you like from uh this album i will say i just liked the i was pleasantly surprised by the change of pace with a uh, tar heel boy at just how like country twangy it was and uh yeah her voice sounds really like really good on that one strong on that song yeah, yeah it was yeah. yeah it was a really weird unexpected but 
pleasant change of pace that still kind of felt like it felt with the record or went with the record. That one and you love to feel kind of reminded me of the cranberries. I don't know you like them a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like uh you you love to fail. Um Tar Heel Boy is a <laughs> you, you, there's a John Mulaney. I know he's in the news like trending today, like we'll date this episode, but like well, there's like for <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh but like the idea <laughs> but the idea of like he has a bit in one of his stand-up specials where he's like uh uh, in church, we don't sing songs. We sing, we sing psalms, and that's an appropriate name for some of those, like, like God is bread, all that stuff. Like, th- those are like no song structure, just like these, like, no harmonies, no melodies. And so it's like it. Tar Heel Boy feels like a song. God is bread. Yeah. <laughs> Tar Heel Boy. Just like this is not a like full song, and it ends with him going like they shot a nine-year-old boy for a hundred dollars goodbye <laughs> you right. <just> like leave <laughs> you know? and i know you're supposed to like l- l- read that lyric and go wow that's really interesting <laughs> but like it, it leaves me wanting more i guess yeah yeah i think did, so did you all hear plant white roses because it's not on the it. streaming version but it is on the full mm-hmm. album and i wish I wish it was there because I mean, you can hear it on YouTube. It is a fantastic song. So the album ended originally with a hundred thousand fireflies and then plant white roses, which has a similar, like uh, timeless quality. It almost sounds like a folk song that like, you're like, is this a cover of something? But like he wrote it. Um, and yeah, in that respect, sometimes he can remind me of um, another artist I really like, Adam Schlesinger, the for, the front man of Fountains yeah, of Wayne, yeah, yeah, yeah. who famously did like a lot of music for his period piece movies or yeah. that kind of thing, where it's like, oh, we need something that sounds like it was actually a hit in the 80s, and he'll write um, Pop Goes My Heart for the Hugh Grant, Drew Barrymore movie or something like that. Stephen Merritt, similarly, I feel like can really execute a form of like, I need to write something that sounds like a like a folk, like love song. And Plant White Rose is, is just, it's gorgeous. And it has similarly like beautiful, sad lyrics. It's something like plant white roses i want to die if i can't spend my whole life with you and mm-hmm. it's um yeah it's like that very plain direct like expression um but you all haven't heard it so you have that to look forward to michael <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I just looked it up while you were talking about it and i can hear these words i'm enjoying the word <laughs> uh michael do you have a highlight you want to point out uh i really like smoke signals um i enjoy the like the the theme of the album which i find to be a little bit of like miscommunication or like you know a discontent in the communication that goes along with being discontent i think smoke signals is like a fun um like analogy to that like yeah oh this is like confusing uh i like the way the song sounds um I think it's really pretty. I, I like the, that the first couple of songs sound like I'm playing Animal Crossing uh, <laughs> with some words that got written to Animal Crossing. Uh, yeah. And smoke, smoke signals reminds me of like 3 p.m. in my little village. So. 
fighting <laughs> if, fighting with your neighbors <laughs> yeah if your exactly. little animals were like in horrible relationships right. tom um, nook is not talking to me he's not looking cool. inside the shop <laughs> i mean i i love that that's another highlight for me too and lyrically it starts off with um like you've got too too long a name to fit on forms or something like that you've mm. got a really long name and I, I love how robotic Susanna Anway makes her voice on this. Like the, there's like a Molotov cocktail lyric and it literally sounds like text to speech, like <laughs> Molotov cocktail. <laughs> but yeah, the opening line of that reminds me of another song that I'd really recommend, not from this album, but also one of theirs called Take Ecstasy With Me. And wow. it has a really beautiful line like it's similar to this, the themes of this record and that it seems like it's about kind of like two people on the outskirts in kind of a rural environment. Um, and one of the lines is you stuttered like a kaleidoscope because you, because you knew too many words. And it's like, it's such a <laughs> beautiful image, but it's, it's similar to the opening of this track and that it's about feeling like incomprehensible or like untranslatable, like your name can't fit on forms, you know, too many words, you're mm. like, you can't, you're stuttering, like you, there are things you can't say to each other. See that that's so interesting. Like, cause I kind of interpret it, I think based on like the other lyrics, I kind of interpret it more as like from the other end of the really like relationship, I guess, where it's like, picking apart like little things about the other person that you may not like or something it's it's like your name's too fucking long to put on this farm <laughs> like that's someone like come on that's annoying like i just little things like that uh yeah so that's the, i think that's kind of a testament to his songwriting as well that's you know you can interpret these different meanings from it also so yeah a highlight for me i really like uh josephine i really like josephine and like mm -hmm. that's like kind of like one that's like first of all structured like a song <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like oh yeah i remember oh verse in a chorus songs <laughs> how novel how novel of you Stephen Merritt, to write um but like uh first of all it's like an ode to short kings that's awesome um but like <laughs> It is fun to imagine Napoleon like writing his little Corvette or Corvette like that, you know, <laughs> T tap, trying to see the drive-in screen. It's also like, um, like it's it's true because like you know, tall people are like you know jealous of short people because they can't get girlfriends. Um, but like it's. <laughs> I really like this. <laughs> Too tall for girls to kiss. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh boy. Um, I do but, love that this one, Andrew. To me, the like the funniest, funniest, funniest moment of the album is I'd write some science fiction, science fiction about you. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's just like funny to imagine that as like the romantic, like. <laughs> form of how sweet um yeah but like i like the the message of the song is very sad the idea of just like if i was important like, it essentially boils down to if i was important uh you could be my josephine if i did something of value and i know like napoleon's like you know not that great in my opinion but like <laughs> but like the, the idea is just like if i was like um if i did something significant you would we, we we could be together basically i think that's yeah 
I love you finding some some feeling in there in <laughs> what I held out earlier in the podcast is just like a fun little joke that, that, <laughs> that he was making. Isn't that how us like funnier queer people have to communicate though? Like, oh, yeah. I found the meaning in in your little joke. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's what I find so like vexing and simultaneously captivating about the magnetic field songs is like, you know, as stuff that he will insist and swear up and down is just like, I just did this as a fun songwriting exercise can actually like mean things to you. And I think earlier when I was more of a Stephen Merritt disciple or more drenched in irony, I felt like I had to be like, no, the song doesn't mean anything. It's just a song about songs. And then as I get older and I realize, um, one, uh, he's unhappy and two, people don't always tell the truth about themselves or how they feel. Um, People like, yeah, <laughs> like it's fine to speculate and to resonate with the feelings in the albums because I don't know why else would I listen? Yeah, I think it's that was a huge wake up moment for me with this, but also just like hearing interviews of public figures more generally is I think most of the time when people are asked about themselves they they lie like in response at least mm -hmm. like public figures like they're not going to oh, give sure. you interiority hmm. not me though uh but like uh let's uh let's <laughs> I've never here. lied <laughs> uh why are you uh let's uh any other any other songs you would just want to like shout out or like point out and stuff like that before we get to final ratings there's one that has that, it, it sounds like steam escaping from something. Yeah. I think it's which which kings, one is that? Kings. Yeah. No, if I, it was I, the first I feel one. like it's toward the end somewhere. It's not falling in love with oh. the wolf boy. It might be Firehouse, living in an abandoned firehouse with you. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's your. Yeah. I that's love at the end of living in an abandoned firehouse yeah. with you. And I do love that song, and I wish it did not have the little yes. thing. <laughs> so that's another highlight for me. On my first listen, I was it's a highlight to take away something from a yeah. song. <laughs> well, it's a highlight minus the steam. Okay, if you gotcha, can gotcha, gotcha. put a filter in your brain that says this little like gas valve opening like <laughs> is not. My my Lexapro keeps me from being able to put that filter on. <laughs> I don't know. Something's stopping me. I I was like at the end of falling in love with the wolf boy. There's like this, like, I think so, it sounds like he's putting like a saw to a carousel or something while it's still like going around and stuff like that. And it's like, it's, but then, uh, then there's like a jug guy going doot, doot, like he's like playing the jug at the same time and i actually think it's an awesome moment yeah like, i know. think it's cool i think it's it's very like it's in like it somehow harmonizes with itself even though all the noises are unpleasant and stuff like that i think that's a cool <laughs> moment um king says this moment where you, you just like says like whale embryos i'm like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> 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 like, um okay let's um now let's take this time to uh move on to our final thoughts and ratings uh the way this works is we'll rate this album out of 10 the fun metric at the end um uh, michael let's turn to you first <laughs> i'm i'm really sorry about this samantha no go for it i did not really connect with this album really in any way i wanted to very badly <laughs> 
Uh, I read the lyrics because I couldn't hear them. Uh, I did not enjoy a lot of the like kind of noise throughout. Like it's the same reason I don't really connect with like a lot of Radiohead because I feel like there's just a little too much noise. Like it needs it needs to be a little cleaner for me to be able to consume. Which I hate to say that as like I'm like Joe Schmo, but all that being said. Um, Mikey, no likey. This is gonna have to be a uh, four. Wow, poor, four poorly communicated feelings to your close live-in boyfriend out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, we turn to you next. Uh, I did really enjoy this record. I was pleasantly surprised by it. Um, although, I mean, I guess I didn't really have too many uh, preconceived notions going in, but. The first track, I don't know, it wasn't my favorite. It wasn't bad, but it was a little bit like, I don't know what I'm kind of getting into. But the more it went on, I, it started to really grow on me. Um, a lot of it too, like the monotone voice reminded me a lot of like the Velvet Underground and Nico, along with like the yeah. sound design and stuff like that, um, which I didn't really like that record, but I really liked this one. Um, but yeah, listening to it too, it's like, I feel like I can kind of hear how many influence like later um 100%. like indie bands like like bell and sebastian or something and like Owl that city. um and Owl city of course <laughs> yes <laughs> famous indie band <laughs> always cite steven Merritt. yes um, i love when indie bands get to have the final song of uh wreck it ralph <laughs> <laughs> apologize no no um but yeah no i, I, I don't do, apologize I, sean <laughs> but i think it was worth it I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Uh, but no, I like, I do kind of wish there was a little more variety within the songs. Like they do kind of, they're, some of the songs are a little anticlimactic. They kind of drone on and don't change much throughout the song. Yeah. Um, but I do agree that I like that to some degree because it does, like Samantha said, allows for the lyrics to shine a little bit through a little more. Um, you can hear them. Well, <laughs> <laughs> easy, easy, Michael. If you can um, hear them. <laughs> Uh, I like I do like how kind of childish it sounds too. Um, it's very playful, but yeah, with the the more depressing lyrics, which I do enjoy in songs. Um, and yeah, there's some really wonderful poetic writing on this song or on this album. And uh, yeah, I will give it eight babies falling out of ten. So. All right. Yeah. Oh no. Um, yeah. So I I hmm. It's too early. It's I think it's like um, when earlier today I was like, oh, no, I won't have anything <laughs> to say about this. <laughs> like, this is like um, and uh, so I really sat down and I like really wrote down like like I really, really like it made me do more work than usual with some of these records. And I was like, and I'm really happy that I did because a lot of it is really interesting. Um, these song lyrics are really like beautiful and sad and depressing in a way that is resonant in a lot of ways. Um, I'm a very sad person sometimes. And um, yeah, I think it's uh, I'm, I'm looking for, I, I don't know how much I would revisit this album outside of like maybe a hundred thousand fireflies or Josephine or one of those, uh, um, or just like, if I want to prove a point of just like, check out weird sound design. I would play some of these songs and stuff like that. Um, but I, I do, I am interested in like listening to maybe something else he wrote or something else he made and like 
learning more about like the magnetic fields and stuff like that. Um, so, um, you know, I, I'm going to put a positive and a negative together because I'm attracted to learning more. So, uh, is that a magnet joke? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Right? Does that, I forgot. Classic I magnets. Like, I, I what, what if you said that magnet joke a little bit better, Andrew? Let's punch it up live on podcast. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think you can be improved from there. Uh, <laughs> Best it could possibly be. Yeah. It's like, um, cut print. Are we done? Um, so I'm going to give this, um, seven whale embryos out of 10. All right. Fantastic. Shall I read? Five, seven. Yes, please. Right. Okay. So, um, one, I sort of like, I sort of knew this was coming a little bit like in picking this one rather than a more approachable magnetic fields record. And I think at the time that Andrew asked me to pick an album, I was like listening to a hundred thousand fireflies a lot. And so was kind of like mostly wanting to force you all to listen to that song and the album came with it. But then like through the course of, um, you know, re-listening to this album I got to remember like oh I do actually like some other stuff on here it's not always the most easy listening but there's like real flashes of brilliance elsewhere on the record yeah but a hundred thousand fireflies is I think like one of the most amazing songs I've ever heard plant white roses is really beautiful go listen to that and if you listen to no other magnetic fields at least go listen to 69 love songs because that was a (laughs) two hour and 54 minute album (laughs) well it was like also hugely influential on like those indie bands of the era the bell and Mm -hmm. sebastians of the the world like that kind of like I think it was also maybe a 1999 record, which coincides with a fantastic year for movies. Like Mm -hmm. there was something about that moment that like turned into the like postmodern and stuff where like, yeah, 69 love songs really hit at the right moment. So go listen to that. Fireflies was in uh, Phantom Menace, by the way, too. So that's pretty (laughs) (laughs) But that's a lot of preamble for my Distant Plastic Trees rating, which is going to be... I think 73,492 fireflies out of 100,000 fireflies. 600 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Most of my rating is for 100,000 fireflies, plant white roses, and some occasional really fantastic lyrics earlier in the album. All right. Fantastic. Uh, So... Thank you so much, Patricia. You were such a fantastic guest uh, in spite of me. <laughs> um, but like, uh, what would, uh, let's go through our, I've been meaning to listen to that. And we did playlists. Uh, what song would you like to put on the, the playlist? Oh, I'll put uh, Take Ecstasy with me on the playlist. Oh, do you want to press Bye. click on the aux recorder? Just say the word click, basically. Click. <laughs> it's playing right now we like it we We put in the song and post but like we say oh yeah wow this song is so cool (laughs) yeah yeah, you got it you got it it. getting beaten up in (laughs) minnesota (laughs) or something oh don't you know i'm getting beaten up (laughs) uh yeah i'll go next um 
you think uh, so i'm going to pick a radiohead song you think it would be uh fake plastic trees but it's not that song um oh well, that's a great song i'm gonna pick no surprises from uh, radiohead click So the song is like similarly hopeful, but and like with the plinkly, melodic, childish instrumentation, um, but it's about like wanting to like die from like carbon monoxide poisoning and like in your home, like having hmm. your metal, like having your detector not go off. Um, A little midsummer moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, just like the idea of like he's so depressed that he doesn't even want to like turn like doesn't even want to like stop it and stuff like that so it's like really but then at the end it's still like there's this hopeful moment of like um him saying like something along the lines of like don't let go or whatever so it's like him hmm. like fighting out of this depressive like uh like disassociative state so i think it's awesome um not not like the depression and stuff like that and like <laughs> but like you know the song about that Depression, not awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'll go next because my song is kind of like basically that same theme, um, but it's Fox in the Snow by Bell and Sebastian. Click. Fox in the snow, where do you go to find something you could eat? Because the word out on the street wow. is you. Yeah, I do love, I love this song. Oh, this song, I, this whole song. album holds like a very special place in my heart. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a similar thing of just like, yeah, things get really depressing sometimes. Like you may feel hopeless, lost, like you'll never find love. But like the one thing we can hold on to is is love. Mm. And uh, it's, it's a really beautiful song. Piano is great. The lyrics are great. Um, can you hear them it, though? You can hear them. <laughs> That sounds like my kind of music. <laughs> Michael needs the kids' bop version of the Sin Plastic Trees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really do. Yeah, I, yeah. They're like whale, whale perms. <laughs> but yes, so uh, Bell and Sebastian kind of also has that like childlike kind of quality to it. Um, feels very innocent and they also kind of tackle that like multiple um like narrators um yeah so it reminded me a lot of uh or distant plastic trees reminds me a lot of bell and sebastian but yeah 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 all right michael we turn to you now i am going to go a little bit of a different way from the rest of your guys's picks um this album is a little bit depressing it's a little bit sad um, when I feel depressed and sad, I do not listen to depressing, depressed and sad things. I listen to something upbeat and fun. And what I've been listening to lately is a song about, you know, if everyone says you're going to go to hell, might as well make it fun. So <laughs> my pick is This Hell by Rina Sawayama. Click. Ooh. Um, really enjoying this song lately. It's like a Shania Twain riff, kind of. Um, 
it's about like uh y'all think i should go to hell well i'll bring the wine get in line past the wine is part of the bridge very fun very silly i can hear all the words love it <laughs> a plus, uh, a plus. Picks the, the national anthem because <laughs> you, you can hear every word crystal clear <laughs> like uh the the <laughs> What's it called? Like uh, that song, like two, not one hop this time. Dirt. Cha cha slide. The cha cha slide. Put it on. You know what? I'm gonna put the cha cha slide on our playlist. Click. Clap, 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 clap your hands. All right, now we gotta do the basic step to the left. Take it back now, y'all. One hop this time. Oh yeah, there we go. Um, okay, fantastic. It, imagine how many car accidents you've caused with people having to one hop this time just now. <laughs> Um, so Patricia not Patricia wants to cuddle is your book Samantha's your name Uh, I wish I were Patricia from my book that's a good name Um, so Patricia wants to cuddle (laughs) I suck look at your zoom screen yeah okay okay Um, so Samantha anything you would like to block Jesus Christ I I would like to plug Samantha wants to cuddle I would like to plug Patricia wants to cuddle my forthcoming horror comedy novel out on bookstores June 28th Uh, order it online order it from your independent bookstore buy it wherever Mm. find someone selling it on the street I don't care just get your hands on a copy it's fun Lily Wachowski liked it wow Um, Hmm. It is great. If you like watching shows like The Bachelor, but you wish there were more dismemberment on them, then listen, then buy Patricia Wants to Cuddle. Wow. Uh, that, and- that's such a great uh, tagline. That really, that, that works for me. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, listen to, you should see the other guy. That's like such a fantastic show. You are like, so funny on it it's like it's like i and also just like a subject matter i love just like i love rom-coms i love this i the notion of like debating like the other guy and stuff like that it's such a fun show i, I was become on the a, little women episode it's good yeah. yeah become a yeasty boy listen to the podcast <laughs> yeasty, yeasty, yeasty boy that's I good like, too like i like yeasty boy yeah <laughs> uh yeah so you can follow me at andre lee on instagram and twitter you can follow michael at Lemon Taco on Instagram, Twitter. You can follow Sean at Diabetic Twink on Instagram. And uh, tick, yeah, you can follow the show at IBMT LTT on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Um, so, uh, Samantha, what would you like to play us out on, basically? So, like a song from this album or a song from anything else? Oh, a song from this album? Or anything. <laughs> yeah. Or anything else, <laughs> uh, since none of you were able to hear it because it's not on streaming, I'll say play us out with Plant White Roses. Hell yeah. So uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Samantha. The correct name of you. Uh, have a good day. <laughs> Plant White Roses.